Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. All right, you guys are in for an amazing treat today. We got Chuck Hadmer of One Rent. They are a technology first property management company. They are in 72 cities across the country in an insanely short amount of time. They're working to help renters buy their first home and they're doing all kinds of other stuff that I believe is totally changing the game of property management. They make it sound like an amazingly exciting industry for those of you who've never thought, man, property management's gonna be the most exciting thing. Listening to this show, I think they might actually change your perspective on the possibilities. Let's get to it. Well, hey, Chuck, welcome to the show. Uh, I thought we'd get things started off right and give you the opportunity to let everyone know who you are and what you do. Hi there. Thanks for having me, Nate. Uh, my name is uh, Chuck Hadamer. I'm the co-founder and CMO of uh, OneRent. We are um, a real estate technology and services company uh, with a focus on residential property management based out of uh, Silicon Valley here. Um, 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 relatively young, new to the real estate industry, but we've been in business for about four years now. Uh, and we are uh, one of the fastest growing uh, rental uh, property managers on the West Coast of the US. And, um, and yeah, started this company in college with some friends. Um, I myself am on the growth and uh, marketing side and uh, kind of product side of OneRent. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So, that, that's an interesting story. Four years, you say you're relatively new, so I'm assuming you're four years into the industry. Exactly, exactly. So this is, uh, this is actually uh, the first company that um, I founded. Uh, previously, I, was in, I ran a, a web design and marketing agency for small businesses across the country. Um, and then in college uh, at Santa Clara University, which is here in, in Silicon Valley, um, just kind of, you know, was chugging through school and classes, uh, was part of a great organization, um, the uh, sort of business organization at the school. And um, I met my co-founders now, uh, Rico and Greg, through that organization. And, um, you know, we were kind of bouncing ideas off each other. We are all uh, relatively entrepreneurial. Um, Rico had started a couple uh, products and launched them and built, uh, built some, some uh, companies around those before and uh, Greg was in real estate and uh, housing was a problem that we all had. And so, you know, when you're a college kid trying to find off-campus housing feels like the Hunger Games. It's just brutal. Uh, you're, you're racing trying to, trying to uh, sign a lease and it costs a lot of money. And it was something that all of our peers were talking about constantly, just in conversations with each other. It was something that we all had personal problems with. Um, And that kind of gave us a sign that, hey, if this is a problem that's top of mind for people and for ourselves, then why not try to tackle it? So we launched uh, OneRent in 2014 as initially as just a college housing platform. uh, focusing on helping students find and rent off-campus homes. Mm-hmm. But uh, through our experience, we kind of found out the real opportunity was in the general market 
and actually not just building a platform, but really going after the operational components of property management and figuring out a way to scale that. Um, and so that's when we moved into the general market towards the end of 2015 uh, and, or 2016, beginning of 2016. So, and now we're here today. Wow. Um, that's, I mean, that's quite a skyrocket kind of story. I mean, uh, it sounds like, it, you know, like you said, you kind of found that the college market wasn't re the real opportunity. I suppose that's, is it, was that just kind of, uh, through the, the way the business had evolved or that you had gotten past the lens as a college student and saw the bigger picture? Yeah. So, uh, you know, with college housing, what's interesting is we were, um, it, so we started the company in kind of the springtime of 2014 and uh and people were signing leases for college properties that leases that were starting in the fall of that year so they're signing leases you know eight months in advance mm. um and trying to trying to get their friends together to rent a house and we were doing the same thing myself greg and i uh, we were trying to rent a home together with a group of friends we ultimately got like kicked out of the group because we didn't bring a check fast enough to the property manager uh, I got put in another group and then the property manager ended up tearing up the lease and saying, oh, this property is not for rent anymore. So we had all these problems. So we're really excited about solving college housing, mm. but it's a seasonal business. So once we hit the end of the leasing cycle, we kind of hit this wall and we're like, well, you know, what do we do now? How do we, how do we make money now? <laughs> so uh, we started getting out there and just driving around to property manager offices um, and these are property managers who manage off-campus rentals around universities. And just through the process of just kind of uh, knocking on doors and talking to property managers, um, we found that a lot of the technology that was out there, like the big property management systems like Appfolio or Propertyware, people were buying those, but they weren't using all the features. Yeah. Um, and the real problem was actually in the fundamental business model of property management. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you, in the sense that it's a very expensive, very labor intensive business to run. And that really opened our eyes into the general market and the opportunity there. And um, when we started talking with individual property owners, uh, they were much more willing to, to pay um, for a blend of technology and operational support to manage their property. So the boots mm -hmm. on the ground part of it, plus the, you know, the backend kind of technology platform. So at that point, we decided to make that switch into the general market. Got it. So why do you think something, you know, and it does, it sounds like, first off, you know, you know for me, I, I kind of made a similar, uh, I made this, this switch from, you know, being in you know, tech and working with software companies. And then I, I decided to scrap that and I actually became a real estate agent. And, the, and the, the jarringness of the technology that I saw being used was just, it was painful. So, you know, this makes me wonder, you know, I, I, I don't even want to ask the question of why is something like one rent needed now? Cause it seems like the answer is obvious is because we're doing things in an old model, but I have to ask you, I mean, why is one rent needed now? Like why does the market need that kind of product now? Yeah. Well, I think uh, in terms of, you know, why the market needs, I mean, if you look at kind of the status quo of property managers across the U S first of all, not a single property manager in residential owns more than a 1% market share. Um, it's a, it, to run the business of property management, uh, you know, people are investing 45 to 50% of their revenue into labor 
and then only about 2% into growth. And so the, business, the industry is very slow growth. There's over, there's over you know, 2 million property managers, uh, according to the, the stats out there. A lot of real estate agents do property management on the side. So it's a very fragmented business and industry, and it also has a terrible reputation. Um, the average property manager on Yelp has two stars in that, in that industry. So it's, a, it's got a, a really tough reputation. Um, you know, and, and we've learned a lot from our own growing experience through that, but, um, it's something that at the same time, there's also this trend happening in real estate with companies like Redfin, um, or some of the iBuyer, uh, companies like Open Door. Um, some of these, uh, there's a lot more technology that's getting into the kind of the really uh, so to speak, the dirty part of real estate, which is the boots on the ground component. People are getting more comfortable buying a home online or making serious financial decisions online. And um, they also want more help with the actual operational part of running real estate. So um, helping identify investments. So, you know, uh, companies like Roofstock, you know, uh, giving you a lot of analysis around the investment of, uh, of a property and helping you feel okay making that decision to buy a property just as you would buy a stock. I so, love the platform. It's so cool. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of that trend we see. Uh, we call it the kind of third phase of real estate technology, which is these full stack models that are disrupting existing models. Mm -hmm. um, and we believe now is the right time to, to really start managing properties like you would manage your stocks. So mm -hmm. that's kind of our, our, our goal is to really um, reach that point. Yeah, it's so interesting to say that I, I have noticed that there's quite a few more companies that are touting the, uh, the data approach or, or creating the, the, the data repository to, to, you know, to, to, to reduce the gap of segmentation, um, you know, within the industry. So, you know, um, I'll kind of shift that a little bit here. I want to know, so you, you, you guys essentially are the product, the, the property management company. Um, you come from a, a, a tech perspective. Uh, so you're building out your systems and automations. So what has that meant for your capabilities? You know, where are you guys actually managing properties and what's the portfolio look like? Yeah. So today uh, we manage a portfolio of um, about a billion dollars worth in real re residential uh, properties. Um, we lease and manage properties. So that represents about 2,000, uh, a little over 2,000 properties at this point, all um, single family, townhome, condo type inventory. We're not in big multi-family complexes yet. Um, but uh, we manage properties. We're headquartered here in the Bay Area but we're also in uh, uh, Los Angeles, greater Los Angeles area, San Diego, and then Seattle as well. Um, and uh, what the, the kind of, what's it, what it's meant for us in order, in terms of combining technology and the operation side is that we can scale to new markets pretty quickly. We don't have physical offices in each market, um, but we do have local teams. So we, we have, you know, essentially what we call a field operations manager who manages all the field operations in each market. Um, and then we also build out a on-demand workforce called mobile managers. These are um, essentially, a, you know, independent contractor network that handles things like showings, 
uh, delivering notices, property inspections. So anything that requires physical presence at the home, we have a trained professional workforce uh, that handles that and they're dispatched uh, you know, on demand or as needed. So um, to give you an idea, when we expanded into Seattle, we were up and running within uh, three weeks. So basically we were able to get a mobile manager, uh, initial mobile manager workforce. Um, we were able to, to you know, hire a, a field operations manager through our network and get someone basically an install base there so that we could start onboarding properties right away. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it, it's allowed us to scale quickly and still maintain a consistent experience for the customer no matter where you're renting. So we have people in Seattle who rent our homes and they're moving down to the Bay Area because they just got a job at Facebook and they're calling us and saying, hey, you know, I'm renting in a property up here. Can I move into a one rent home down in the Bay Area? And because we've standardized the kind of rental experience for every market, it's a very seamless process for them to, to do that. So you guys really view the tenant as your customer? Definitely. Uh, the, you know, the number one cost for a landlord is vacancy. And so if we can really create a, a, just a kick-ass experience for the renter, for the tenant, then what, what we want to create is an environment in which uh, a tenant would prefer to rent one of our properties because of the experience they're getting, some of the amenities, the unique amenities we offer. Um, and that would create a preference for a one rent home. And because of that, then it lowers a, a, a landlord's vacancy cost. They get longer lasting, higher quality tenants. Just out of curiosity, because I was reading an article here uh, about a city I used to live in, Bellingham, north of Seattle. So they were talking about only 9% of rental homes have washer and dryer units within the unit. Yeah. Is that, do you guys go to that level? Do you require the, the property owner to supply the washer and dryer or that kind of thing? It definitely, uh, it definitely helps to rent the property a lot faster. Uh, we find that um, not every owner, you know, absolutely has that, but it does help rent the property a lot quicker. We will, we'll take on a property that doesn't have a washer drying unit, but we do have certain standards of quality of property. So we don't take on every kind of property. Typically we're dealing with mostly um, A or B class kind of uh, inventory and rentals. Um, and, largely the kind of single family or condos. So a lot of those would have things like washer drying unit, but yeah. that would, I would say is a, a top amenity for, <laughs> for real estate investors to consider. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you had meant you, you, you know, talked about your workforce a little bit and you know, looking at the site, you guys are hiring a lot. Uh, where are you guys expanding to? I mean, first of all, how many cities are you in right now? So we are uh, technically across those markets. It represents about 75 different cities. Okay. Um, you know, greater Bay Area, greater Seattle area, Los Angeles, San Diego. And, and where, where's next? What's, the, what's that next phase of expansion look like? Yeah, so uh, we're, we're doing some interesting kind of research into places like Denver um, or Portland or um, even in, you know, uh, out east in uh, Boston. Uh, we're, we're, our model, because we have such a focus on the renter experience, we really want to kind of go after the top 20 metro areas first mm -hmm. um, and really build up that brand and experience with the tenant and the renters. Um, because again, that's where we see the largest pain points in the whole rental experience. 
and where we think we can um, you know, kind of aggregate demand. And then we would go into uh, secondary and tertiary markets. Yeah, that's very cool. So what do you think it is that's been you know, the secret sauce, if you're willing to say, that's <laughs> driving the growth? Yeah, so I think you know, at the end of the day, traditional property managers, as I mentioned, less than 2% of revenue is invested in growth. And um, I think that's from the, the IBIS World uh, data report. And they, uh, what's interesting is that a lot of property management is looked at as kind of a side business that fuels real estate sales hmm. uh, because it's a great way to build a relationship with a property owner and then eventually sell their home. And so a traditional growth model for property management is really heavy on referrals and um, kind of just, you know, your network. Uh, people may be adding uh, anywhere from one to five doors a month if you're, if you're uh, doing well or you're uh, kind of a smaller property manager. We're adding, you know, 150 to 200 doors per month to our portfolio. And what fuels that growth is we've built out a great sales organization and team um, that you know uh, is essentially um, handling all of the the leads um, that are coming into our system we're reaching out to people who are um, considering put, you know advertising their property for rent if someone's having trouble finding tenants we're reaching out to those people so really by building a, a dedicated team and system for sales um, and really optimizing and fine-tuning those conversion rates and using marketing as a kind of sales enablement tool. Um, that's what, just by kind of building a system around that and a process, that's been our, our key for growth. So, so here's an interesting uh, scenario for you. Um, so one of the, the businesses on my list to, to start and then you know, somehow just sell and make a million dollars is a property management company, right? Yeah. So let's say I wanted to start a property management company. I'm like, man, this is going great, but this is killing my time. I don't know how to do this. Are you guys working with other management companies to, uh, you know, basically they, they would like almost like a white label service or as a, as a service to them, like any like partner with people already on the ground, maybe they've got an inventory of 200 homes and their systems as they are, they're not profitable. So it just makes sense to work with you guys and, and make a little less money, but more profit. Is that kind yeah. of, is that a scenario that you guys are working on? Uh, it's not right now. You know, I think, uh, first of all, you know, if you're a growth hacker like you, Nate, I think you could build that business and probably set up a lot of automation to reach that 1 million mark. So I, I totally believe in that. And I, I say, go for it. I think uh, property management is such a huge industry. It's a $120 billion market. And uh, all of these mom and pops, they, they, um, you know, they do want to use technology and there's a lot of technology forward uh, kind of traditional property managers, which is great to see. I think everyone should be evangelizing the kind of the category of property management because it's, it does have a negative reputation. Um, yeah. However, we're, we don't want to necessarily become a system integrator or implementation specialist. We don't want to turn into an Appfolio or a Propertyware because we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Appfolio, Propertyware, these property management systems, they've built great technology. Um, it's just a matter of adopting it in the right way as a traditional manager and setting up um, the, the auxiliary part of it, which is kind of your growth process to grow your business. Uh, using technology to set up that part of the business uh, is important. But um, yeah, at this point, we're not looking to white label 
Uh, it may be something we consider in the future, but again, I think the industry as a whole needs to uh, in a bit, you know, kind of evolve a little bit further before we're ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's one thing that you guys have tried or, or have done that maybe just totally failed or didn't go so well that you, you kind of learned a lesson from al along the way in, in building the company? Yeah, uh, good question. I think um, I think the one of the big things was at one point um, we got into multifamily property management. We were really uh, you know moving quickly on the single family and residential side, and then you know we looked at multifamily like oh yeah, one owner, you know, twenty units. Of course, why don't we go after that? That duh, that makes sense. Um, but it's kind of like as if a software company goes enterprise too fast. Mm -hmm. um, and we just, we realized that the, the expectations of what a technology system can do for a multifamily owner is not the same as a single family owner. And um, it's, yeah, it's essentially like you're selling, you know, instead of small SMB, small, medium sized business or enterprise, um, and these sort of enterprise clients, it turns out, wanted more of the kind of traditional property management approach. Everyone had kind of custom requests out of what they wanted from the technology. So we want to get back into that, but um, we need to be, our technology needs to be more adaptable and also um, kind of more, uh, more proven in the single family space uh, in order to convince people, hey, even though what we were offering is not exactly what you need for multifamily uh, in terms of all the little, you know, st uh, requests and uh, customizations. Um, what we can offer is a standard model that has worked. So we're experimenting, we're kind of getting our toes back into it with just the leasing portion for multi-unit. Um, but yeah, I would say that was something that we jumped into too fast before our technology and our team was prepared. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you guys have really figured out your model. And so that's going to help you serve the customer even that much better, you know, being able to specialize in that. Exactly. Um, I wanted to cover one thing. Well, two things, actually. There's, there's two really interesting things about you guys. Um, one of them is one of your investors. It's a social media company. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. How does that work with a property <laughs> management company? Yeah. So our uh, Series A, our uh, financing fundraising round um, was a, a four million dollar investment from Ren Ren, which is a, a kind of the Chinese Facebook, uh, and the their social media part of the business is was not really their their focus today, or it's not really their focus today. They've kind of pivoted into um, really their investment arm, and uh, they've done a lot of investments in fintech, and like uh, they were. Uh, one of the largest investors in SoFi, um, in uh, companies, some of the real estate tech companies like Fundrise um, and uh, Cindio and Chime. So they uh, different real estate technology and, and fintech uh, companies. So um, they saw OneRent as kind of another piece of that ecosystem. Um, and so, that, you know, we, when we met with them, um, RenRen was really interested in the operational components. They invested in a company in China called Trucker Path that is all about logistics for uh, the trucking industry. 
So they're very interested in the operational component and how you can take experiences from offline to online and, you know, back and forth between those two areas. So um, that's really where, you know, the match was. And, um, and we, we found that they had a lot of great connections, especially internationally um, for potential future growth. I can imagine. And then you guys also have this other product. We haven't even really, we haven't talked about this at all. We haven't even touched on this uh, that you're building out Poplar street. Mm -hmm. What, what yeah. is that all about and how does that play into the big picture? Yeah. So Poplar street is uh, essentially a way that renters can become homeowners sooner. Um, and works. what we're doing is we are um, essentially a lot of our renters came to us and were saying that, you know, they are looking to save to buy a home. And we found that um, in talking with renters, they're, they're saving to buy a home, but there's not a lot of rent to own options uh, here on the West coast. It just doesn't make sense for a lot of the markets that we're in right now. Right. And so a lot of these renters were saving money, looking to eventually buy a home, um, but they weren't able to save enough money. And, you know, when looking at ourselves personally, we we're saying, you know, it's a personal problem everyone on our team has, which is, you know, how do you save enough money for a huge down payment on a average $1.1 million home in the Bay area. Um, and so the, the obstacles for young people, uh, millennials and renters in general to buy a home are huge. The, the, the down payment, the, the debt that you have to pay off before you can get a down payment qualifying for a mortgage. So Poplar Street is a way that a renter can actually get 20% of their monthly payment back as a credit towards their home savings to buy a home. And so um, what, what happens is as, a, as you rent one of our homes, every month you pay rent, your savings builds 20% of your payment every month. And then when you go to buy a home, you can redeem that as cash back. And you can actually earn up to 100% of the commissions that we would earn as your buyer's agent. So you do have to buy the home through us. We're not just giving away the money for free. Uh, but the way we're funding it is not by increasing the rent, not by charging any fees. What we're doing is we are acting as the buyer's agent. And then the seller pays us the commission, typically 2 to 3% of the purchase price of the home. And we give all that money back to the buyer. So sometimes that could be, you know, $15,000 in your pocket when you go to buy, you know, a $500,000 home or so. And that's, that can be significant. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be, we got to come out there. You're, you're in Nashville, right? We're in Nashville right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I posted that on my Facebook wall asking, hey, would you rent from someone if they, if they gave you 20%, I should send you the post. Yeah, give you 20% back towards your uh, down payment. And, you know, people overwhelming were like, well, yeah, I mean, sign me up. Where is this thing? Where, how, how do I not know about this? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, people were like, well, are they charging me more on rent? Like, yeah, you know, skeptical, like, is this too good to be true? Like, why would someone and, and genuinely, and, and I think this reflects on the mission way you guys were working with the tenant as the customers, people were confused because the model has not put the customer who is the tenant has not put the tenant first. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, innovative models like this, your hurdle is going to be people not really believing that it's in their favor. Like, yeah. uh, you know, they're used yeah, exactly. to the system working against them. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's an incredible uh, kind of challenge to overcome. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's, it's, 
the, I think people um, understanding this concept of the real estate agent commissions and, you know, as a buyer's agent, a lot of people don't want to be giving all that money back to the buyer's agent and, you know, the seller has to pay that fee. So um, that's really how we're funding that, that savings for the renter. And um, as a renter, you know, I, I think it is a lot of people are very skeptical about property managers or uh, their landlords. And so I think part of our, our mission is to really show renters that, Hey, you can invest in your future while renting and, um, and actually help build your savings. And so for the owners, that's valuable because they're going to have longer lasting tenants and um, people are going to be incentivized to continue renting with us um, because they're getting this great benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we jump in, uh, we have a little game I want to play. Um, yeah. What's one thing we haven't covered yet about one rent that people really just need to know? Um, well, we're, we're looking for, for new markets to, uh, to expand into and, um, I guess, uh, you know, what I would, hmm, I think we've covered all the <laughs> kind of background of one, but we are interested in, in um, expanding to new markets. And um, we are one of the aspects that we're uh, looking into now is um, a piece of one rent called resident services. So also along this mission of putting the renter first, um, we, we actually uh, have a couple partnerships that have already been set up with like a renter's insurance company and a moving company. Um, so we want to build out this experience where our goal is to make renting a home long-term a one-click experience for a renter. They can walk into a home and see the place and then decide right then and there, I'm going to apply, qualify, and sign the lease if I want to all right there and, and do the From payment. their phone. Exactly. So the next phase of one rent is all about how do we, um, what can we do to help with all the other areas that are pain points when you move into a new home. So moving your stuff, getting renter's insurance, um, you know, setting up smart home technology. Um, it maybe you want to have, you know, right when you move in, you, you know, you want all your stuff to be brought in and you need a little box that has all your cleaning supplies that you need. So different things that help with the kind of auxiliary parts of moving into a new home. That's going to be the next uh, kind of big focus of one. Run. That's cool. Okay. So the, the game we're going to jump into is called for the future for the all future right. is a segment where I ask you four questions that are about the future and I get your predictions. All right. All right. Uh, all my best. <laughs> All right. Uh, what does one rent look like one year from now? One year from now, uh, one rent will uh, have national presence and um, be both on the West Coast and East Coast, um, and will be will have a one-click rental experience. So you can walk into a home, apply, qualify, sign the lease, do your payments, um, and uh, yeah, we expect to have a much larger team here and in the Bay area and uh, a lot more markets opened up. All right. Um, <laughs> this one's wide open for interpretation. Uh, what will the housing market look like one year from now? The housing market one year from now. Well, I think um, right now we're seeing a kind of softening in the, in the rents, at least in the markets that we're in, because there is a lot of new development opening up. 
So um, what I expect one year from now is that a lot, maybe a newer types of development. So rather than kind of your traditional, just, you know, apartment complex, um, I expect there to be more developments in the areas of uh, co-living or, um, you know, tiny homes, uh, different styles of development that, that kind of uh, meet, meet in the middle between the people that, you know, the, the NIMBY type uh, uh, perspective, not in my backyard, and the YIMBY. I was just about to ask you, explain NIMBY for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah so I think there'll be more of a middle ground between the NIMBY and the YIMBY. <laughs> uh, yes, in my backyard, not in my backyard. So there'll be a more middle ground and maybe um, different types of, of development strategies and, um, and just, for, yeah, yeah, I think just further development, especially on the multi-unit side as, as um, you know, population density increases. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're kind of in an up market, but uh, when do you think the next boom or bust will happen in real estate or will yeah. happen? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, this year there, there will be uh, a, a softer kind of uh, market in terms of rentals. Um, we are seeing that on the, on the rental side because there's a lot more uh, opening up of, of new development. But um, I don't expect it to be a huge bust. I think um, it'll soften a little, plateau a little bit. And then, um, you know, I expect next year uh, we'll probably see, uh, you know, more of a kind of potential bust or, um, or continued softening, depending on how development goes. But, I, you know, for me, I think it's uh, in terms of the next, yeah, I think I, think I would say like, you know, in the next year, um, there could be a softening, but I don't think it's going to be a full bust, so to speak. Nobody wants to say there will be because I'm getting this uh, recorded and then I'm going to hold you to it a year from now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, all right, so what's one thing you think will fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? Uh, I think the, the current standards of real estate commissions it may be uh kind of um mm. it, it may be kind of controversial to say but the way that pricing is done on real estate commissions whether it's in rentals or sales i think that'll change um people really want to move more to towards the kind of one-time flat fee of buying and selling homes and a lot of people are doing that if you have an attorney a real estate attorney who can put together the documents and you pay a flat fee um, on the rental side, more of a subscription model uh, to managing properties. So I think the kind of the current standards around pricing and, and the contracts, um, those will change, you know, with technology, technological investment. Hmm. Yeah. A, a SAS model uh, for the vagabonds across the country with one rent houses, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, hey, we'll, we'll, we got a, a, just a few more here, and then we're going to wrap up. Um, yeah. These are just uh, some questions for you. So, what kind of books are you reading? You know, as a CEO, I mean, co-founder, you, you got to stay on top. So, how are you staying sharp? What are you reading? Yeah. So, uh, I'm. I am. Since I'm on the growth and marketing side, I um, really enjoy some of the books. You know, the the classic kind of uh, Eric Reese Lean Startup book is uh, really great. Um, as a first time founder. 
you you really screw up on a lot of things. And so uh, the hard thing about hard things from Ben Horowitz is a really excellent book. Um, it's it covers everything that happens when you fail. A lot of business books write about you know what success looks like. He writes about what failure looks like and how to handle it. That book raises your your blood pressure. Like it yeah, actually exactly. feel the dilemmas that he's constantly in. Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, really interested in psychology. So the, um, you know, the books about viral uh, marketing and, and uh, PR are really excellent. And it's something that I think a lot of people aren't really doing in real estate. So it's interesting to apply those. Um, Trust Me, I'm Lying by Ryan Holiday is a good, good reading. is really important because uh, if you're trying to build a small business, you can't do everything. And so it's, under, it's good to understand how to, run a lean startup. So I'd say that's the number one to read is lean startup. <laughs> so then um, who are you learning from? Uh, who am I learning from? Well, we are lucky to have a really great advisory network here at OneRent. So um, a lot of people uh, in, in, in real estate, um, one, of, one of the uh, folks I, I really like to follow is um, John Burns um, He's and his uh, company, which does real estate consulting and kind of data uh, aggregation and uh, insights and analysis. So um, the stuff that John John Burns puts out is is really excellent when it comes to understanding the real estate market, what's happening in the market. Um, And then, you know, also, uh, you know, kind of uh, learning from different mentors I have. So um, working with the guys at Redfin, um, and, you know, learning from the Redfin model, the CEO of Redfin, I believe his name is Gary, uh, something. And, uh, but he, uh, that the CEO of Redfin, Glenn, Glenn Kelman, um, he has a really, this really interesting concept around the, as a startup founder, you either take the blue pill or the red pill. And the red pill is the, is going after like what Redfin did, they hired real estate agents, they got boots on the ground, they dealt with all the dirty work of real estate. So that really resonates with me because that's kind of what we're doing at OneRent. So um, I really like to follow Glenn Kelman and um, you know Spencer Raskoff from Zillow as well. Uh, great influencer. Yeah, yeah. And then last one, uh, maybe you kind of mentioned some people here, but who's inspiring you? Yeah, uh, inspire hmm. Well, I think there's uh, everyone from, you know, one, one of my uh, kind of inspirations personally is, uh, you know, everyone from, from Winston Churchill uh, <laughs> all the way, all the way down to, you know, people that are around today. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I think like the, the Glenn Common story of, of Redfin is really um, inspiring. Um, there's uh, people like, uh, Jason Lemkin on the uh, he on the SaaS side, he's uh, puts out a lot of really great writing. Um, and I then Twitterants, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, I think those those kind of players provide good motivation on a day to day basis and and uh, really tactical uh, advice that you can actually take and implement. And then I'm really inspired by the Airbnb. Uh, founders Brian Chesky and uh, and mm. Gebbia, the CPO, um, and their story, how they focus on the, the customer experience at Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And that's obviously uh, from 
the success, the success of their business. So, well, hey, uh, this has been real. Uh, I, I've learned a ton here. Um, you guys have one heck of a machine going. Uh, it doesn't seem like you are near the top yet. You have uh, pretty far along the way. And yeah. uh, I think that you guys will probably continue to see uh, some success. Uh, and, you know, if we have a, a market correction, there's certainly going to be some competition uh, oh, yeah. in, in the space. So good on you guys for getting uh, positioned beforehand. So before we head out, let everyone know how to get in touch with you, how to learn more about OneRamp, Poplar Street, and everything else you're doing. Yeah. Well, check out um, onerent.co. That's our website. Uh, would love to connect with anyone on LinkedIn. So uh, send me a note on LinkedIn, uh, Chuck Hadamer, and uh, you can find me on there. And uh, yeah, and check out poplarstreet.com. We have a, a wait list open for the product that helps you uh, buy a home sooner. There's over uh, 5,000 people signed up so far. So join the party and uh, yeah, love to connect on real estate or growth or marketing. Cool. All right, Chuck. Well, thanks for your time and we'll catch you later. All right. Thanks so much, Nate. Yep. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the TechNest podcast. Hey, don't forget you can get on the email list so you'd never miss an upcoming episode. That's TechNest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us in iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.